This is episode number 637, The Masters of Relationships. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Henry Ford said, coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. Working together is success. This episode's a little different, my friends. We did something last week all about high-performance habits where we took highlights from people like Tony Robbins, Mel Robbins, Brendan Burchard, and others, and we gave you some incredible wisdom in one episode from these highlights on one topic. And we thought we'd do it again on the keys to powerful relationships, marriage, sex, love from the world's greatest relationship experts and coaches. And again, if you haven't listened to the last one on high-performance habits, make sure to listen to that after this one. But this one right here, we're featuring Matthew Hussey, my good friend and one of the leading experts on relationships for women on how to get the guy and keep the guy in thriving relationships. We also have Tracy McMillan, which was a huge hit a number of years ago that most people didn't hear, but I think she has some powerful nuggets that you're going to love. And then one of my favorites as well, Esther Perel. Every sentence she says is just so valuable. I'm on the edge of my seat every time I hear her talk. So I know you guys are going to enjoy this one. Make sure to share it with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 637. And let me know your most favorite part from this episode. It doesn't matter if you're looking to date someone, you're looking to get married, you're in a marriage, or you just want to have better relationships in general. This one is going to be a powerful one for you. And before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to the fan of the week. This is from Kate Stew, who said, without fail, after each School of Greatness podcast I listen to, I want to call up a loved one and gush to them about the guest speaker and their journey. This podcast will leave you feeling inspired, moved, and antsy to get out and make a difference in this world. Personally, this podcast has had a profound impact on my life. Lewis and his guests have provided me with comfort, wisdom, and motivation during what has been a very dramatic year. And Kate Stu goes on to share more and more and more, but we'll leave it at that. And again, big thank you to Kate Stu. If you guys haven't left a review yet, we're just about 3,000 five-star reviews over on the podcast, which humbles me. So I appreciate all the, uh, the feedback and the support. And if you haven't left a review, make sure to head over there on your podcast app or just go to iTunes and you can leave a review on the School of Greatness. It would mean the world to me. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, guys, I'm excited about this one. Again, for me, the key to success in life is relationships. Without relationships, it's hard to create anything, really. It's hard to get to where you want to be in your career. It's hard to get to where you want to be personally. 
It's hard to build a family. It's really hard to be happy if you're just alone all the time. We thrive from a community and through intimate, personal, deeply connected relationships. So without further ado, let me introduce to you to the masters of relationships on this episode, 637. I think there's something of a sense of entitlement that most of us have, uh, or that most people have when they're going out to date, where they somehow feel like they're just owed Mm. the love of their life, that it shouldn't be difficult, that um, that they don't have to do anything, that it's enough, that they are just them. You know, it's the, you know, that there's, I don't know if you've ever seen Bridget Jones, but there's a, there's a line in Bridget Jones where, uh, forget his name, Colin Firth, I think it is. He's, he's looking at Bridget and he's, I think he says, I love exactly how you are. I love you. Like mm-hmm. no changes, nothing. I, I love you exactly how you are. And it, sometimes we feel like we're owed that. And it kind of becomes an excuse again, not lazy to grow, not to, you know, I I don't, frankly, it doesn't really matter what you think you're owed in love. Uh, No one cares. I think it's the same thing with work and, you know, so many people are entitled and they think they should just get a job. Yeah. And, And so the biggest criticism I get all the time, which I'm happy with as a criticism of my advice uh-huh. is, well, why do you need to do all of this stuff? Why can't you just you know, go through life and, and, you know, it, when the time is right, you'll know. Mm. Why, why do you have to do all of these techniques? I'm happy with that criticism. If you, if you, if that's what you think, you're not my audience because my audience are the same people that go to a business seminar to make more money. Mm-hmm. They're the same people that say, you know what? Um, if I want to start a business, I might actually need to know what the hell I'm doing. It's not enough to have confidence in life. You have right. to have competence. Yeah. You have to actually know what you're doing. And, and that's what a lot of people don't know in their love lives. If you, for example, there's, there's something I, come, I came to understand. I, I, was, I remember once having a breakup. It was the most painful breakup I've ever had. I was really, really in uh, a bad way over it. And a while later, I spoke to this, to this woman on the phone. And I had said to her on the, in a brave moment on the phone, I said, why did, why did you want to break up? Because by the way, you talked to the the woman you were dating. Yeah, the the one that had later on the phone. Later, like a year or two later, it was less raw. I was sure, feeling sure. a little and more. How long was the relationship for? Uh, a couple of years. Okay, wow. Right. And um, uh, and I was I was pretty cut up about it. Now the funny thing was, uh, to make a long story short, she had actually done something I didn't like, and that mm-hmm. I thought was inappropriate and disrespectful. And I remember going to her the next day and saying, I think we need to break up. During the relationship, she did this, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she then said to me, "Okay, that was when I knew oh. she was breaking up with me. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, when you yeah, yeah. you think you're breaking up with them. No, she was, no, she, she was, was already doing it. She was breaking up with me, uh, and it was what was so painful about it is that she was she didn't mind. Uh, I, I was. Ex- I thought she might get upset. I thought no, she didn't no. mind, and that was the most painful part about it." And I and should even fake it. You know, most women would fake that they might. Like, I can't believe this, but they're really. I know. know really... I know. No, she looked like she was okay. This is a good wow. decision. So I, <laughs> so I, I remember a while later we were on the phone and we were, we became we're friends today. We're yeah. very good friends, in fact. And uh, I had said to her on the phone, um, "Why did we break up?" I said, "What what was it for you 
that I wasn't doing. And I braced myself for the answer. She said, do you really want to know? Honest feedback. And I said, I literally thought to myself, wait, do I really want to know? And I said, I gritted my teeth and I went, yeah, I want to know. She said, um, you were boring. And wow. there was so much worse than I thought it would be. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Wow. Like not, not just like, oh, well, you know, it was just, I was young and I was, you know, yeah. wanted to be free. No, you were boring. It was really cutting. And I, <laughs> and I, I remember resisting the urge to bite back. And I said, that wasn't boring. Right, exactly. I said, no, you're, shut up, idiot. You asked the question. So now listen. So I said, why was I boring? She said, you, she said, when I first met you, you were the most ambitious person I'd ever met. And she said, I never met someone with such an ability to decide they want something and then get it. Mm. And she said, it was so sexy. She said, but as we went into our relationship, the more time went on, the more that was all you were, you were super ambitious. You knew how to get what you want, but it, you were so one dimensional, mm. you know, it was all you did. Even in our free time, you were just, you were on the phone, you were on your laptop, you would talk about your business. You were always talking shop. There was never anything else you had to talk about. We didn't do anything spontaneous. We mm. never went and had adventures. It was just all one track. And she said it, it got boring. Yeah. And I said, wow, it's, she was right. She was right. There was nothing I could argue with. And I realized something in that moment. The thing that makes that one quality can make you really attractive, right? But it won't keep someone. It can make you get the person. Right. It can make you sexy. It can make you uh, intriguing. Um, Mysterious. Right. But it can even for a time make someone worship or idolize you. Mm-hmm. One quality. But one quality will not hold someone because the reality was there was a flip side to ambition, which would have made it eminently more attractive. And there are a few, right? Right. If you pair ambition, say, with an ability to enjoy life, Mm. now that person is really super sexy. (laughs) You you combine ambition with a sense of spontaneity, Mm -hmm. for example. Adventure. Very, very sexy. Yes. Ambition on its own, is when you look at it from afar, very, very attractive. You go, women will say, I want an ambitious man. I like that. But when they get up close, if it's only one side to a coin, it quickly becomes unattractive. Mm. uh, uh, Someone I'm a big fan of, or unfortunately has passed, but Christopher Hitchens, Mm. he he once said about love, that the the, the challenge is in not allowing your strengths to negate themselves. And that's a very powerful statement because... My ambition was my greatest strength that also had the ability to be the thing that crippled me. Uh, Because what happens is when you get good at something and you get validation from it. You keep doing it and get better at it. And it becomes, if you're not careful, a muscle that you you train to the point of mutation. Mm -hmm. And then every other part of you is, is, is not working is, has atrophied. Yeah. So, now uh, you have a complete imbalance. Uh, it's like, a, you know, I remember working out at the gym once and my trainer, I was, I was uh, doing pull-ups and was trying to work out my back. My back was fine. I could keep going. <laughs> and then all of a sudden my, my forearms gave up mm. while I was trying to pull myself up. And I said, this is so annoying. We're trying to work my back, but my for- and my back's fine, but my forearms have given up. Right. He said, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Mm. If, if your forearms aren't, aren't there, 
you're not going to be able to train your back as well as you could. Yeah. So, so here's the, the, the point about this, which I find very interesting about dating to your point of what's the biggest mistake people make apart from, of course, the entitlement it's over reliance on a key strength that they have come to uh, rely on as their source of validation, mm-hmm. success, uh, confidence, right? Over reliance on that. I had come to over rely on essentially being ahead of the curve for my age. Yeah. That was like the thing that I was always based my confidence on was I am way ahead of the curve for yeah. people my age. My business is going great. Correct. The, the, yes. the people I grew up with at my, in my age group are not where I am. Just are still living at home. And whatever, but guess yeah. what? That alone is boring. Yeah. It's boring. And it doesn't make an interesting, rounded, sexy person. But when you combine it with something else, it becomes what I call unique pairing. Mm. It's a bit like if I if I wanted to really get a woman attracted tonight, not me, but like send a guy out to get a woman attracted. I could literally, if if he went in and he was a little cocky and teasing, but in the right way, mm-hmm. not an arrogant, obnoxious, sure. but just he knew how Flirtatious, to he knew yeah. how to play with her. And then a couple of hours in later, you know, maybe it's getting late. He comes out of the restroom and after being teasing and playful and silly, he says, you know what? It's getting late. Um, I called you a car. Um, I don't want you walking outside. And he says, I have to go as well. I have to get up early. He takes her outside. Um, he gives her a little kiss. He says, all jokes aside, I've had the best night with you tonight. I'll call you later this week. Mm-hmm. Puts her in the car. Car drives away. That woman will be going, oh, crap. <laughs> like, I like this guy. Yeah. Now, the reason wasn't because he was a gentleman and it wasn't because he was cocky and teasing. It was, it was because he was both. Both of them, yeah. It's the and. If he does just one thing, it's not interesting enough. Because you can replace the cocky guy like that. Yes. Women know that. Yes. They can go out tonight and meet a cocky guy in Hollywood yes. any night of the week. They can go out the next... They don't even have to go out the next night. They can turn to their left <laughs> and meet another one straight right, away. Right. By the way, they even though people complain about chivalry is dead, you can go out and meet a gentleman. You lots can go out gentlemen. and meet lots of nice guys. But that's all they are. Right. Incredibly boring. Women will never... Too they, nice. They don't hold a woman. Yes. Right? So, but now... You find like what mm. seems to be a good man, but with an edge. That's, that's a unique pairing. Yes. And that's someone that becomes not an attraction, but an addiction. Ooh, uh, and, there's like a, and there's a, a, a big, big difference. So I, th- I believe that we will actually, I believe these pairings already exist within us, but we've overtrained certain muscles. Mm. We've overtrained certain qualities that we've gotten used to as habit. Uh, for some people, it's being funny. Uh, for other people it's being intellectual and they always they're the person that knows everything about everything they've read every book they can always quote so and so uh for others it's uh uh, being seductive Mm. that's the thing they got really good at so they're really good at you know getting someone into bed or 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 getting someone sexually attracted but they're never the person you want to eat pizza with the next day (laughs) (laughs) you know so it's like it's finding those combinations that make you go Mm. oh my god the person i was with last night they were this and they were this. It's the and. The and is where <laughs> I wonder it's at. what else they could do. Exactly. <laughs> and you're, and by the way, that's what makes it so hard. It, I, I say this to everybody. If you want to know why you found it so hard to get over a certain ex, 
Mm. Look for the unique pairing. Because it had multiple things. There was there was some unique pairing oh. that made you feel Addicted. like they were difficult to replace. Oh, and and that's what scares us. The more unique pairings you have, the more you become a rare bird in the dating marketplace. Right. Right. And and when you become rare, people get really terrified of of losing you. Well, again, this is where I engage with the, with faith and I engage with like a higher power because, you know, I'm down here on the human plane. It is not Mm -hmm. Google satellite view. It's not Google earth. You're not way up here in your life going, having a crystal ball, knowing Mm -hmm. everything. So for me, you know, on, in one way you want to note how you feel. But then in another way, it's like, there's not one relationship on this planet that doesn't, that feels good all the time. Mm -hmm. Because when you're coming up against your own material, it doesn't feel good. So you have to be willing to not feel good. A lot of the time. Yeah, sometimes. A lot of the time, you know, it's more like, sometimes you don't feel good a lot of the time. Right. Sometimes you feel good most of the time. It's like, you just have to roll with it. So how do I, I was on the phone with a girl yesterday who, um, And she's like, well, how do I know if this relationship is right for me? I'm like, I wouldn't think so much in those terms. I would say, what am I here to learn today? What is this relationship teaching me today? Mm -hmm. What is it asking me to look at in myself? Why don't I just look at that? Right now. Right this second. Not worrying about like five years from now, is it going to work out? Or what happens if this happens in the future? And not even focusing on the relationship, focusing on myself and what I'm here to look at. Okay. And then... See what happens as I start to look at myself and focus on what I'm learning and practicing what I need to practice. Because there's always a lesson. There's always a practice, spiritual practice, a growth that's trying to happen. So as I focus on that growth, what I've found is that the relationship tends to find an equilibrium, you know. And then if it's supposed to go away, it will just go away and it will easily go away with ease and grace. Sure. If it's supposed to stay, it will stay. And I will somehow make it through that tough day or that tough week Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. So I sort of take the focus off. Is this the right person for me? That's not the right question. Interesting. I don't think it's the right question. I think that leads us to swap out people. Right. And And there I still am. And putting it on other people, not on ourselves. Saying, I haven't found the right fit yet or yeah, whatever. Somebody totally. keep swapping around. Yeah. Keep going from guy to guy or yes. girl to girl. And like, I'm that person who, I always joke that I'm that person who I could be lying. If like, if I did that and just did what came naturally to me, I would be lying on my deathbed holding the hand of my new boyfriend. Because <laughs> I'm just going to... you met like six months prior. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm just going to keep swapping out for the next person. Not everybody's like that, but yeah, I know yeah. that I am. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's about knowing yourself. Interesting. You I, know? I like that. I like that. What's the importance of humor during all the challenging, messy times, frustrating, triggering times that come up for you? To me, it's everything. Like, I think everything's funny. Okay. It's all funny. There is a humorous aspect to everything because... Why do you think people so much put so much weight on these situations that come up for them in relationships or hmm. he or she did, said this... Yeah. Why do you think that's Usually so it's, to me, it's like some unresolved childhood thing. Mm-hmm. Like basically there's a saying, if I'm hysterical, it's historical. So if like, if I'm having a big giant reaction to something, it's there's old. A reason. It's old. Mm-hmm. It's from history. It's from mommy, daddy, toddler. I don't know when. 
but it's old. Because you're reacting based on a fear or a trigger or something that caused it's that. It's so in the much past bigger. Yes. Than like, the moment. Exactly. Yeah. If the rela- if the uh, reaction is super big to like a very small thing, chances are it's related <laughs> to something in the past, yeah. like something old. So how does someone be aware of that? To let's say we're in a relationship mm-hmm. and you freak out for some reason right. about something. How can I then work with my partner right. in that moment to not react and be right. like, you crazy woman? Exactly. Um, which would be a trigger for me in my past yes. to do the same thing. How can someone be co- you know, trained to... That's hard. That is really hard work. Be calm and loving and humorous, but not offensive. Exactly. The That's the key. Well, I think the first thing is to know is that if we were really into each other when we first met, chances are the stuff that triggers me is going to interlock with the stuff that triggers you. So we just got to know if we're going to spend a whole probably year or maybe more <laughs> just crashing into each other. Yeah. Just crashing into each other. Like I'm going to have one of my big reactions. That's going to trigger some really old stuff for you. And then that's going to trigger really old stuff for me. And then do, 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 do. Then it's time to roll up your sleeves and get to work in the relationship. So that's like maybe, you know, somewhere between, let's say you have your first fight about six months in, somewhere in there, the honeymoon wears off somewhere between a year and 18 months. It's like, you know, and this is all chemical. There's like all these neurotransmitters that are happening for the first six to 18 months that gradually drop off and then things start to get real. Mm -hmm. And so then these triggers will happen. And if you know that's coming... Then it's like, I mean, I recommend therapy for everybody, you know, and if it's too intense to do therapy together, then you do it on your own. And they say, you know, you bring your problems to your therapy and your um, whatever you're doing to like grow as a human and you bring the solutions to the relationship. Mm. So then as you work through these and you stay committed one day at a time, you're staying committed, staying committed. And then as these things, little by little, you'll start to see they'll start to like you'll get a little bit of space in there where I have a reaction and this time you're able to be more not triggered. Yeah. yeah. More compassionate, yeah. loving. Well, and just be detached. Like, yeah. oh, that's Tracy and her her dad thing again. Right. And it, I don't have to take it personal this time. Yeah. But that, I don't think anybody should be um, surprised mm. when that takes a couple of years. Right. Especially if you haven't been trained or you don't have the tools exactly. on how to handle those mm-hmm. emotions because it can be very messy. Mm-hmm. And our egos can get in the way and mess things up even more and now exactly and at times people will choose a partner who doesn't trigger them that much that's another solution Mm -hmm. but a lot of times those relationships aren't as rich because being triggered is really an opportunity to resolve a bunch of stuff it's like a really rich place what happens if after two years you're not being triggered anymore by your partner does that mean you should just go on to the next one or it's not no, rich anymore. Different people have different, again, this is where you got to know who you are. Like some people, I want a certain amount of intensity. I know that. Yeah. I want like a dynamic, whoa, operating. Passionate. Yes. I, that's what I need. Now I've had them quieter relationship and that isn't, doesn't fit me as well. It's not as spicy and. It's just that I'm interested in, it's like some people are interested in like, the black diamond ski run and other people, you know, and it's, there's no right or wrong. It's just about what's right Right. for you. Mm -hmm. And are you a match with your partner? What's your definition of love? Um, yeah, well, I have so many, um, love to me, like the biggest definition is it's, it's like that pervasive force that is everywhere. 
and that when you tune into it, you're in it. And it, it's not, um, it can be extrapolated in any direction. It could be in your work. It could be, you know, walking down the street. It could be in a love relationship, like a sexual relationship. It could be between parent and child. So there's just like this thing that is there and it's, it's always there. It's everywhere and you can tune into it or not. So when you tune into that, you're in love. Right. So, and then from there comes, um, what we think of as like romantic love or romantic love is to me, it's service. Mm. It's like, it's like, I'm here to help you become more you for me to become more me and to walk a path with you. Right. And just like in my relationship, we talk a lot about sitting on the end of the bed for the other person, you know, like I just, sometimes you just, you need a friend. There's just somebody to sit on the end of the bed. It's like a witness. Yeah. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Monogamy is a practice. Mm-hmm. We are not by nature biologically evolutionary monogamous it's right. a practice it's a choice and it's a it's choice not our makeup no yeah and it's a choice then and it's and monogamy is a continuum are you mono, you know you have mind you have fantasy you have memory you have a lot of things at what point do we become mm. non-monogamous where does non-monogamy start and all of these concepts are fluid concepts today there is just no way to define it like that. Right. So we make our choices and we make compromises and we sometimes don't just do what we want. And we often need to think about the consequences of our actions. Mm-hmm. And we need to think about the larger picture and something that may be perfectly desirable for tonight may not be worth it right. for the next weeks and the next years. Yeah, exactly. And I think that... In the era of self-fulfillment and the right to happiness, we don't have more desires today than the previous generations. We just feel more entitled to fulfill our desires. 
And we feel that we have a right to be happy. My personal happiness. The switch, the greatest switch is from a, a, a social organization in which I think about the well-being of others. Collectivist thinking thinks about the well-being of others and I sacrifice my own individual needs for the well-being of others. To the other side of the continuum is I have a right to pursue my individual mm. needs and the others will have to adapt to it. And I think that we are a little bit on the extreme end of the other side at this point. Mm. We really take ourselves a little very seriously. <laughs> and sometimes at the detriment of other people to whom we do have an obligation and, and, and a commitment to, not just our partners. Right. Our the world. The world. So where should world. we be? Somewhere in the middle, you think? Or what's... In an examined state. I don't know that it's always in the middle, right. but in an examined state. In a state that doesn't just say what I like, what I feel, the fact that I have mm -hmm. options doesn't mean I have to exercise all these options. The problem of consumer life is that we don't know anymore to make choices. Same with the cereals in the supermarket. Why would it be right. better with love? So I could get better. I could get better. I'm like, you know, I'm a victim of FOMO. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a, how do I know this is the best? No, you don't. Yeah. When do I find the best? No, you don't. You don't find your partner. You choose your partner. It's very different. You know, if you think you're going to find somebody who is the person who's going to make you stop looking, it doesn't work this way. Because really? No, it doesn't. Because at some point, your inner rumblings will start up again, and then you will say, oh, probably you Start looking. Not <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, it's like you just say, this is it. This is where I decide to put my, my roots in this mm. moment, you know, and I'm going to try to deepen them. I think we are all living with paradoxes of choice. Yes. You know, from uh, from which phone I get, but we cannot commodify a partner and just kind of beta test the partner and beta test the relationship and check out to see is it good enough or can I find better? You, yes, you can. The fact is, you could find other. I'm not sure it would be better, but you definitely can find other. Yeah. And there are lots of people you can love, and there's only a few you can make a life with, and they're not always the same. There are a lot of people you can have love stories with. <laughs> right. And have beauty, but they're not the person you would make a life How with. How do you know when it's the person you can make a life with? I think values enter into there a lot more. I mean, you mm -hmm. can have magnificent love stories with people you would never live with. Right. They're just too different from you. They have not the same values as you. They have not... You, they, 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 one wants child, one does not. One wants... Uh, to travel the other does not one wants career the other the hmm. very major different classes different different Weltanschauung as they used to say in German you know visions of the world hmm. but yes. you can love them yes. you can have a beautiful love story with that person and be transported in your experience with them but you know that that's not the person with whom you're going to build hmm. a home a future a trajectory, maybe a family if you want that, um, that that's not the person with whom. And for that, you need more of shared vision, shared mm -hmm. mission, shared values, stuff that is not just in the domain of feelings, but also in the domain of beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, it's different. Wow. Views about money, views about independence and separateness versus connection, views about um, ex emotional expressiveness, views about power. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say that those differences that we have also attract us to other people, that we have some of those differences 
maybe we don't share the same values or beliefs, but it's also different, unique, interesting. And so it also brings us together or do you think it's not enough? I think that what attracts you originally is often what becomes the source of conflict later. Mm. The very thing that is so attractive because it's different is also the very thing that becomes difficult because it's different. Interesting. So, of course, it's a mix and match, you know, yeah. but what makes thriving relationships is not only feelings. It's a mix of feelings, actions, beliefs, touches, physicality. Right. It's a, right. it's a, a, a more all-encompassing thing. Sure. A beautiful love story can be just about feelings. Mm -hmm. so, and you can l love more people than those that you can make a life with. That doesn't mean you make a life with people you don't love. But it means that there is a whole other set of ingredients right. that enter into the making of a life, which is the creation of a world. It's a little different. Ooh, there you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this one on dating and marriage and love and sex and relationships and all the, the juicy parts of life, the things that are our greatest teachers. Relationships, in my mind, teach us the most about ourselves, teach us the most about how we handle ourselves in the world, and teach us the most about where we are in our lives. And if you're not happy in your life, you get to look at the most important relationship, which is the one with yourself. What are you doing? Are you honoring your word? Are you living in integrity? Are you following the thing that lights you up the most? Or are you beating yourself up? Are you saying negative things to yourself? And how is that reflected in the relationships of your life? Ooh, so juicy. I know. I love this. If you enjoyed this one, make sure to share with your friends. LewisHouse.com slash 637. And let me know your favorite part of this episode. Tag the people who you heard from today on Instagram or Twitter and give them a shout out as well. My friends, if this is your first time here, again, make sure to subscribe to the podcast because we have powerful episodes coming every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And we have some juicy ones coming up, my friends. Yes, indeed. Get ready. Big things are happening at the School of Greatness and I can't wait to share all of these insights with you as I'm learning them myself as well. Again, lewishouse.com slash 637 for all the show notes and information. And as Henry Ford said it, coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. Working together is success. Where are you at in your relationships right now? Are you starting them? Are you keeping them? And are you working towards a greater future? I love you guys so very much, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. <laughs>